Hi, Atul Gopal this side from Plug in India. Welcome to yet another podcast. Today we are proud to have in our virtual studio Nayandeep Singh from Ludhiana. Nayandeep is a runs a company called Komen Engineering which is one of the very important component suppliers in the EV industry today. Let's find out a little bit about what kind of work Nayan has been doing and what's the kind of contribution that he's been making to the industry. So welcome to the podcast Nayan. Hi sir, thank you. Right, so, so Nayan, can we start a little bit about the introduction to the company? Tell us a little bit about the history of Komal Engineering, which is the company that you run. Yes, sir. So Komal Engineering is like was established in the year 1979 by my grandfather, Mr. Komal Singh, and uh, so currently I'm the third generation who's taking care of this. And we'll have to. So now we are into manufacturing of electric scooters, electric motorcycles, chassis, as well as agriculture equipment, sheet metal components. So once we started the journey, we started with a OEs, uh, namely Escorts Group. So Escorts was using uh, to manufacture two-wheeler mopeds back then, and we were giving them moped parts. It's been a ride. <laughs> and currently we have a very good portfolio catering to the electric two wheeler segment in chassis uh, manufacturing typically and we are proud to say that we are OEs to maximum uh, companies which have uh, the manufacturing facility in india so that's a brief description okay. about it that that's very nice so tell us about specifically you said 16 years ago you got into uh, ev chassis manufacturing so who were your first customers and uh, what were the challenges that you faced in the initial days of the chassis manufacturing so 16 if i talk about 16 years back so we started with uh, a company it was a startup based in himachal pradesh bati it was uh, named savigo international so we started with electric cycle frame manufacturing and then eventually we uh, took out the scooter frame from them and uh, there were a lot of challenges in context of the uh, complexity of the product because in uh, like if if we take into consideration a chassis manufacturing so one chassis or one particular model has around 70 different components which like out of which 50 are of sheet metal 15 are of tube uh, five components are of uh, turning components which are used through various other companies so we have to we kind of did not outsource anything earlier as we've grown so we have we are able to give business to other companies so who are vendors to us so the challenges were getting all the components ready making all the tools and all and getting everything ready and making it you know into a final jig fixer so there were quite a lot of rejections in the early stages like but we catered them all and uh, here we are <laughs> so we have a very good product portfolio right now and uh, as you've seen the exhibition so we are partners to maximum ev companies that's what we stand out for right a lot of uh, companies when they start off their production typically end up buying kits from china and then slowly the indigenization process starts a typical if you were to call it uh, uh, reverse engineering or whatever you want to uh, what are the kind of modifications you end up making uh, to indigenize this particular chinese designs can you just throw some light on that so sir if i talk about the chinese design as we are aware of this because mostly uh, like 95 company 95% of the companies which are present in the market uh, are following a chinese design pattern So Chinese design pattern is basically the they have designed the frames in context to the road conditions the environment and everything related to China. So when it comes to Indian road conditions we are very well aware how 
good and bad they are so typically if i talk about these uh, rigidity of the frame or you know like making the design in a indian oriented indian road conditions oriented manner what we end up doing is we end up adding reinforcements in the form of tubes in the form of brackets in the form of whatever we are able to in reference to the team which we have so we have an in-house r&d team and we work on that design we do a reverse engineering and we take consent of the uh, owners of the model uh, the oes and all so they give us a consent to do a free hand on to that so that is how we ended end up doing that so a typical chinese chassis for example if it weighs around 13 kg so a chassis of a similar design made by us has a weight increase uh, like it ends up weighing 13.5 kg so it's a 1.5 kg weight increment in that particular model that's how we do it and there are various other sizes so like the tube sizes are of different availability there and uh, so we have to follow the indian standard specifications pattern whatever we can get it from here so we get it there so there's a lot of improvements done in uh, in view in keeping in mind the constant uh, clarification and the constant quality requirement for the indian road conditions typical indian road conditions so uh, nayan there are some indian oems who have their own designs and who i believe uh, you are working with right from you know the product planning stage and yes. uh, when you contrast these oems with the ones who are primarily looking at chinese design modifications what is the difference that you take in terms of approach as far as making chassis for such vendors are, uh, for such oems are concerned so approach is very much similar i like i won't differentiate but i feel like we personally feel very uh, good one whenever there's a company who's focused on making it uh, ground up because reverse engineering in the end it's just you know like modifying existing design and not a lot of uh, options which we have in kind of we can reinforce it to that extent once we are given an opportunity of uh, having uh, the uh, you know like making it in house and you know like suggest uh, like uh, putting in suggestions on every front so it makes a very good product there's a company who worked ground up with us and they have a very solid frame the frame is currently being tested in africa in uh, african road conditions in uh, indian road conditions and faced like facing every challenge so it's it's been since it's already 2 years and there have been no reports of any failure reported to us till today it's a very good thing one whenever a startup or a company gives us a free hand uh, so it, it gives us a lot of uh, good motivation to and you know like uh, a lot of opportunities for them and also for us to use our own design team and our r&d team and etc for doing that so that's right. plus point that yeah okay so so another thing that probably oems are interested in knowing from uh, you know an indian uh, vendor is what kind of quality system do you have in place as far as uh, you know uh, chassis manufacturing is concerned if you could shed a little bit of light on that quality systems are sir uh, so we are iso certified which is a very uh, hugely popular quality platform and we have a very different system in uh, in terms of approach to quality we have announced qc design we have announced qc team we have announced qc monitoring team this all comes into it's a technical term ppap and a lot of other documentation process so it also happens stage wise so immediately we cannot start with the ppap or uh, you know like because due to lack of availability of designs and all once we are done with the mass production prototype manufacturing and approval of that then we focus more on the qc 
so qc is followed by a design pattern which we get it from the uh, oes itself so majorly all the oes have their own design own drawings etc and if we talk about a startup startup doesn't have that so we tend to help them with that we we mutually make design mutually make drawings and that is how it's a follow so in any consideration if we have to follow qc parameter a uh, proper qc guideline so we need to have a design on paper we cannot simply focus on a reverse engineering or uh, we cannot go without any sort of design because uh, manufacturing process has different so we have around 60 to 70 different manufacturing process for one chassis so each and every process has different qc control parameters and different qc languages so that is how so every component before men, before it can, comes into the final jig fixture is checked for qc so there are different checking gauges there are different checking drawings there are different validation points only then it is validated and placed onto the jig fixture once the frame is taken out of that we again go to a multi stage welding fixtures for that and uh, so each and every fixture is designed to stop the error of the first one so in case there's any error in the second one though it won't be able to go into the third one so even after going through that process there's a pdi so that's a pre dispatch inspection which is done on every chassis which we which is outgoing from here from our factory in order to calculate the number of components the total number of components which were which are present which was which are supposed to be there the kind of uh, welding quality the welding parameters the overall diameters the overall all the checking uh, quality and parameters which we have to follow so it's a pdi is report pdi report is made and accordingly it is filled and shared to the oes directly so that is a brief uh, quality department introduction and what kind of corrosion prevention measures do you take as far as uh, chassis coating is concerned so corrosion preventive measures directly a process of the powder coating so we follow uh, powder coating we do powder coating on each and every frame so there's a phosphate process which has to be done before powder coating so a correct a uh, correctly done phosphate process automatically extends the life of the chassis and uh, there's a corrosion uh, so that's it's a basically a uh, anti corrosion parameter which is which has to be followed so if dip properly if gone through that if the powder coating process has gone through the seventh stage phosphating process then it's a 100% surety and a long life of anti corrosion the chassis frame so there there won't be any corrosion in the uh, frame itself okay now uh, you know obviously every manufacturer faces some kind of field failure so i'm sure even your components would have kind of you know uh, had some kind of issues which have been reported from the field so what improvements did you make in your design after you kind of observed these fa- uh, failures coming in so as i told you failures were there but uh, like if we manufactured say 1 lakh chassis so we observed failure in only 2 3 chassis till date and that too was limited to limited to the chinese design portfolio so as the customer uh, uh, wanted that this should be in within that weight ratio and that customer did not give us a free hand in doing any sort of reinforcement in that or you know like in the initial stage so that is why uh, the failure happened and once we got notified from that and then we automatically without even having their consent we added sort of reinforcement to that point in which it broke so uh, reinforcement in the form of brackets reinforcement in the form of tubes welded to each other or maybe slightly increasing the thickness of the tube so that is the core reinforcement point which we did 
Okay, that's nice. Now coming to pricing, you know, uh, a lot of uh, uh, EV manufacturers are very price sensitive, and you know, we all know that. China has got such great economies of scale that uh, they kind of beat us black and blue as far as price is concerned. So, how do your how does your common engineering pricing compare to uh, the ones which are kind of you know landed price for Chinese chassis? Uh, so, keeping in mind the current which is occurring due to various reasons from China, I think we might be slightly less than what is the landed cost in China. I'm not sure about it, but I am uh, like because looking at the market response and looking at the increased demand. So because no one tells us that this is the China price and we have to give it this, but we are automatically uh, you know taking uh, very good follow here in context to the raw material prices and everything. So we provide a very cost-efficient product, and I think it is le- uh, it is priced lesser than what is the landed cost of the China plane. Okay. Typically talking about the chassis. Correct, but then uh, we also are seeing a very uh, sudden spurt in container prices. So maybe once container prices come down, maybe then there could be again a little bit of a shift away or whatever. I don't know. We'll kind of cross our fingers and hope that the prices remain high, <laughs> at least for your sake. Uh, no, sir, because uh, you know, like even if the container costs go down as of now, but the if you cost about on the volume, so if you get a container with the chassis. So you can just get a CKD of say 250 pieces, but in case you get the biggest chassis, is a very volumetric thing. So it consumes a very good volume, and uh, it requires a lot of space to stack up the 250 chassis. So in case we, uh, they, the customers, like what they do is they give us the, they localize the chassis, like, and so they can get a kit of 500 to 600 pieces apart from the chassis. So that is how. If they calculate the cost on that basis and that parameter, so I don't think so. Uh, even even if the container cost comes down, uh, and I think that then also the price from us will be a uh, on a lesser side. Right now, you just mentioned one thing that logistics uh, from a chassis point of view or a chassis transportation point of view is really a big cost. And I also know of customers who are in Hyderabad who are kind of shipping the chassis all the way from Ludhiana. So yeah. how does that work out? मतलब would it not make sense for you to Put up multiple plants across the country, or do you think you would continue manufacturing out of Ludhiana? No, so we have plans to do that, but everything depends upon the volume. So we need a proper volume for. Uh, so even if I have a if like we we are considering into making a plant in uh, out of station area, but only thing is we need volume for that. So I cannot uh, you know like set up a twenty crore plant or thirty crore plant just for. Thousand pieces or two thousand pieces a month. I need a minimum accumulative volume, so of minimum of fifteen to twenty thousand pieces per month. Only then it will be viable for me to bring it, uh, bring bring down the cost and you know like uh, invest in that state. That's the main challenge which we face right now. Right, and the way EV market is growing, I am hoping that you kind of will hit those figures very soon. So yes, <laughs> yeah, lovely, lovely talking to you, Nayan. I think uh, amazing work that we've seen Komal Engineering doing, and uh, we have been talking to a lot of EV manufacturers. They've been saying a lot of good things about you. So we hope you so uh, there are always who are listening in, and you could kind of uh, who can get in touch with Nayan. Uh, we will put his contact details in the uh, comments uh, section of the podcast. So all the best to you, Nayan, and your team at Komal Engineering. We Thank hope you, so uh, much, you help. we make in the effort and we end up 
becoming atmanirbhar as far as ev manufacturing is concerned thank you very much for being here with us today thank you so much sir it's a pleasure to be here thank you for listening to our podcast you can find transcripts for each episode on our website too Lagan India is an EV advocacy group and a social enterprise dedicated to promoting electric vehicles and sustainable transport in India. Find us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram or write to us at support@pluginindia.com. Do subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast or Spotify. Until we meet again, take care, stay safe. Goodbye.